All right, when you're ready, take it away. Welcome to the AAC podcast. Hey guys, how you going? Back here with another podcast. Uh, we're here with Rickson Wingrove, Jared Carr, and Ryan January. Uh, boys, just give us a quick intro of yourselves. Uh, so I'm Rickson Wingrove. I'm from the Newcastle, Australia. I play for the Philadelphia Phillies and Adelaide Giants. I'm Jared Carr. I'm from Hedgesville, West Virginia, and I play for the Phillies and the Giants as well. I'm Ryan January. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I play with the LA Dodgers and Adelaide Giants. Cool. We'll start off with just, if you guys just give us an overview or just give us an insight to your journey through being an affiliated baseballer and what your minor league experience has been like so far. Uh, so growing up for me, like obviously in Australia, it's a bit different. Like um, You go to a Nationals every year since under-14s, under-16s, under-18s, and about under-16s is when scouts start to come and you start to understand you know, a bit about professional baseball and minor league baseball, so you start to you know, get those like aspirations of wanting to go play major league baseball, because in Australia here it's not that big realistically, compared to obviously the American dream. But, you know, we start playing in front of scouts and you start to want to chase that goal, and then I was lucky enough in 20... 17, 2018, I signed with the Phillies and went over for my first year of professional baseball, didn't know what really to expect and had my first year, got my taste and I was like, this is completely out of my depth here. Like I was just a little little kid realistically compared to playing against guys who've been in college or Dominicans that have been trained since they were like 12 years old. I was just, I know, I had obviously raw ability, but I didn't really have the you know, the understanding of what it takes to play professional baseball. Yeah. So what age were you when you went over to the States and signed with the Phillies? So I signed at 17 and went over. I just turned 18 years old when I went over for the first time and I got thrown straight into my first GCL year. I didn't do too bad, honestly. Like, I started off pretty hot. Went cold, didn't play too much because there was an older guy come down and then I got hot again and towards the end, felt pretty good in trucks and then came home and just got ready and like understood what I had to do to get better for the next year. And then I had a pretty good year in 2019 and obviously COVID hit and then 2021, bit of struggle. And then 2022 wasn't a bad year. Like obviously I went through some adversity at the start with some things not going my way and then ended up in high A and had a pretty decent year. Yeah. That's my journey so far. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I just was pretty underscouted in high school. Um, didn't really have any offers. Had one one offer to play college baseball at a small division two. So, and I wasn't really like, I mean, obviously everyone's dream as if you're growing up as a baseball player is to make it professionally. And um, I didn't really like, wasn't really planning on like seeing that in the future. I was just kind of going to college to just play and have fun and whatnot. And I ended up doing pretty well um, my second year of college and started getting scouted. So that became an opportunity. And then in 2021, I was drafted uh, by the Phillies and um, I played low A for a month, did pretty, pretty good and went to high A this year. Uh, didn't do so well, but that's why I came down to Australia to play, just to keep getting reps and getting better. Do you think that helps you just going into college, just thinking I'm just going to play baseball and have fun while I'm here? Yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, it was yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even I didn't play really my first year, my freshman year of college. Uh, I had a couple of bats here and there, but yeah, I, I guess you could say I didn't really have any pressure. I didn't really care. Like I was just like 
Let's fly. Right, Jenny? Yeah, so um, I was drafted in 2016 uh, at a junior college. Um, so this is going to be my seventh year of professional baseball. Um, I've learned so much about just baseball in general. And then obviously the professional side is just different animal when it comes to talking about amateur baseball along with college baseball and, you know, uh, other leagues and forms of baseball like that. But just being around guys who have been to all of the levels, I think was probably the best thing for me um, in professional baseball. Like once you get into spring training, it's a big mix of, of, uh, of ages and, you know, maybe you're 18 or 19 playing with a lot of guys who are 18, 19, but you're also around guys who are older, 25, 26. And I think that part helped me learn about professional baseball more uh, about what it really is, what kind of animal it is, because I don't think the, you know, like even, you know, I, I, I came from a baseball family, a lot of baseball growing up from the, from the get go. So, you know, you think, you know, about baseball until you get into the professional level and then, you know, you learn what you didn't know about it. Yeah. There's just so much more knowledge out yeah. there that you can take from everyone you play with. From everyone, any good experience and bad experiences, you know, you learn from, from all the experiences together. So like I said, this is my seventh year. So I've had, I've had great years. I've had good years. I've had bad years. and I've had average years already in that seven, seven year span. So, um, I think like one of the biggest things that I take away from being in the minor leagues is, you know, everyone wants to do well on the field for sure. Everyone wants, you know, personal accolades and awards and stuff like that. And they don't want to win championships when it comes to team stuff. But, you know, if you have like a major goal in mind, and I think that everyone, you know, at this level and at this time in their careers, I think it's kind of a similar goal everyone shares of trying to get to the big leagues, trying to, you know, maybe it's get there, maybe it's stay there, maybe it's, you know, have a really good career there. But one of the biggest things that I think that I've learned um, from all these experiences with all these different types of players and types of people is that the minor leagues isn't the big league. So like, you know, when you're, when you're going through the minor leagues and you're going through these ups and downs, like, you know, these aren't your big league stats, you know, essentially it's, it's practice to get to where you want to get to, you yeah. know? So it took me a few years to understand that part of the game, <clears throat> not be so hard on myself, you know, after, that month or two in a ball, you know, like no one's going to remember a ball, you know, everyone's going to remember, okay. Yeah. He, he got to where he needed to be, got to that level of baseball that he wanted to get to. And then he, you know, you go from there. That's where yeah. your career really starts. Stage level for you is sort of a big step of development and a step up to where you want to be. Yeah, I think, I think if you are just going forward, whether that means moving up and, and levels or, you know, personally, like everyone knows themselves as a baseball player, if you know that you're improving, that's all that really matters because you're not you're not at that top level yet. So it doesn't, none of that really matters as long as you're moving forward at any pace. I think that's the the key thing. What are some like Rickson? You mentioned before that you had some adversity. What are some of the struggles that you faced with professional baseball, and how did you overcome them? Or if what are you doing right now? If you're experiencing them now, I mean, it's kind of like what Jen said. It's like at the end of the day, like it's trying to takes you going through it to understand that it's not that serious like at the, at the end of the day like you gotta go through the struggles and when you're in those struggles of like you know we have a pretty tough schedule we're at the field six days a week we're we're there from like one o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night our life is baseball and when you're struggling like it obviously feels like a you know 
it fucking sucks like but it, it really does <laughs> like it's tough man like it it can get to you like on like a personal level and it's, at the end of the day you gotta start to understand that it's really not that serious because it's not where we want to be yet and it's just about understanding like all right let's not let this snowball effect like it's you got to separate each day you know at bat by at bat like it's about making sure that a bad at bat doesn't turn into a bad day and a bad day doesn't turn into a bad week like yeah before you know it half your season could be gone because you're worried about a bad week and you can't really buy them back in your days in the minor leagues you just gotta worry about what's going on where you're at in the present moment that's what some of the guys said last week said you, you have to have a memory of a goldfish you just can't let it drag on to the next appearance or the next outing Oh yeah, some of the best guys you ever play with are as dumb as anything. Like, they they seem like that because they're really just carefree. Like it's a it's a gift that you can have, and like just being able to move on really means a lot. Like it's it really doesn't matter. And Kari, you came into the gym today and said you're having a crap day. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, but yeah, I mean some of the adversity. I think like one of the hardest parts, and I'm they've been uh, Ryan and Rick have been in pro ball for a longer amount of time than I have, but. One of the things that I've struggled with is just like figuring out myself as a player. And like, I think that's one of the toughest things. And I think there's like, I've been around guys, especially here that are like in Adelaide that are very good at knowing themselves and knowing what they need to do to get themselves ready. And I think that's one of the things that I struggle with is like, whenever you're, you're struggling or not doing well, it's not always, it's most of the time, it's not anything major that you need to change or do or, anything. It might be something small, like a small little tweak or anything. And I think that's the hardest part. And I think that comes with experience is like, you kind of figure out what you need to do to prepare for games and feel comfortable uh, when you get in the batter's box or out on the field or anything like that. Um, for example, like two great examples to me that I watch all the time here with the Giants is Quincy and Nick. Like Quincy is a uh, older man that's played 15 plus years of pro ball or whatever he's played. Like he's been in it since he's 18 and he's in his mid thirties now. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy that like you watch and like when he's struggling, he knows exactly what he needs to do to get out of that. And I think that's just like super impressive. And that's just something that comes with experience, but it's, it's very hard to be like disciplined enough to do that. Yeah. It takes a lot of self-awareness to yeah, pick up what you're bad at and then again, even more a higher level of awareness to know what you need to do to fix yeah. that. Especially and, to, and to be able to like, to use your prior knowledge to just like tell yourself like, Hey, I might be struggling for this like week or two or even month. Like baseball is a long season. There's a lot of games like it can go on for that long. And to just be able to like trust yourself to do that is something that I haven't found yet. And I can, you can tell the guys that do like that are comfortable with that. And it's generally an older, an older, more mature person. Rickson, you mentioned this before with the minor league season being so heavy in terms of training load and playing load. <clears throat> and it's been good to compare Australian and American from junior levels. What's uh, what's it like to train that often and that much? And how did you how did you find that experience shifting over from Australian baseball to pro ball? I mean, we'll start with like what it's like over there. It's like you actually get used to it like after a few weeks it all turns into the same thing like it just sort of rolls over and like you can feel like you get stuck in a pattern to be honest like and it's about understanding it the most out of every day like but it is like a lot 
if you sit there and look at it but when we're going ahead doing it like we love what we do at the end of the day like we love this game and like we love the opportunity that we have but like coming from where I came from like I've said at the edge like 15 these guys are probably playing like 70 80 games a year I think I played I played a year when I was 15 where I only played like 12 games of baseball like it really wasn't enough it really wasn't that much of a priority and like half the games I played in were you know kids that didn't even really know what side, what hand the glove went on or what how to hold a baseball bat. Like, just a different way of growing up. Like, the load didn't really start for me until I was probably at yeah, end of 15, 16 years old about, you know, I grew more into my body and I had a bit more power. And then obviously some pathways open up here and the high performances in different states and stuff. And like the opportunity to you know go train with the better guys in my state like I was driving a lot each week to try and hang out with them and and like get my work in and stuff and you know it's all about what I could do to try and compare myself to what the guys were doing in America like I couldn't try and compare myself to the Australian kids really that were in my area like the quality just wasn't there like we only had four teams of baseball in a three-year age group. Like, Newcastle, it's not that big. And so, like, the best I could do was, like, the work I'd go and get in with my dad or my pop or whoever I had around the area was to try and make sure my numbers and stuff were trying to compare to what the American guys are doing. Yeah, you had to go out there and seek your yeah, own training from like whatever was, resources you had. Yeah, like, it's just where it was going on YouTube, Instagram, like, looking up what, what these guys are doing. Like, this kid was, like, comparable to me. This is his... You know, I used to catch back in the day, like when I was younger, this kid had a one, one nine pop time. Mine was like two oh five, and I was like, all right, I need to get that better. Like, how can we work on that? Got to start throwing harder, move my feet more. All right, this kid can hit the ball this hard. All right, I think I need to start swinging the bat harder so my bat speed gets up. And it was just making those, like, comparative adjustments to try and reach that level that they were on to then hopefully get an opportunity, which I was lucky enough to. Sweet. And Kara and Janie, you guys obviously had a different experience growing up in the States. Tell us what the training schedule was like, what was like it, it was like for you guys from high school and college. Yeah, I mean, high school is just, it's pretty normal. It's pretty typical from, it's all it's all just like a two-hour practice after school, like um, two, two and a half hours. College, same way, like two, two and a half hours a day. Uh, and then you play four games on the weekend. It's it's actually very, very similar. The college and high school schedule is very similar to our schedule here with the Giants. It's a 40-game season, two hours of practice a day. Um, it may It's a little bit more fundamental, obviously, in college and uh, high school because you're just like here we don't really not, – not that we don't need to go over the fundamentals as professionals, but like it's – it's something that like we've already maintained like throughout our careers. So um, I would say that's like the biggest thing is just, it's, it's pretty much the same, but a lot of fundamentals growing up um, in high school and college. Um, yeah. For, for me personally, I had like a bit of an extreme baseball exposure when I was my, right after my freshman year of high school, I would take the summer and I would pack up my bags and I'd go to Atlanta, Georgia, which is like, three, three and a half hour flight away from where I lived in Boston. Um, and I would stay there for the whole duration of the summer. And I would play 40, 50, 60 games in that summer. Like this 14 year old baseball talking, playing, you know, in front of scouts and stuff like that at that age. 
And that was that was a that was a luxury for me though. Like it, it, I was fortunate and blessed to have that opportunity too. Like so, that training was a, a lot like Kari said here. Like where it's um, you know, when you're at that age, you, you know, you have to learn about the fundamentals. But when we're talking about like um, like the way it's structured, yeah, it's a, it's about the same. About two hours of practice per day, and you play games. But it's it's definitely like a very different different um way of playing baseball i think than some other people in the united states like i think a lot of people play like just kind of their high school and they'll play fall and then like spring but spring ball will come around and play in the summer too um but that's what i was exposed to that was like a difference so right from the jump like that was kind of my focus was kind of baseball like from the beginning um and then um so in atlanta in atlanta i would stay with a host family and um, pretty much like live a big summer. And it kind of reminds me a lot of what I'm doing here. So it was like a lot of fun with like baseball on the side. Um, but I can't really speak too much about like what like baseball is like growing up for Rickson. Just just because I, I didn't really know like that baseball wasn't like the biggest thing in Australia until really I got here. Yeah. Um, I think if you looked at Australian sports and if any coach said, oh, we're going to train every day and play on the weekends, I think parents would be up in arms we sort of don't have that sort of training schedule here i feel like it's really relaxed in all sports to sort of train twice a week playing the weekends and that was that similar to your experience yeah like obviously like growing up and stuff like here in australia we seem to play a lot more sports like we have a lot more like things like i was playing cricket soccer like touch footy on a tuesday night i just we we signed up to five or six different sports and trying to play everything so like nobody really hones in on a sport until they're like 15 16 i feel like here like i spoke to curdy about this when he was growing up he was focused on afl like his whole life basically played a bit of baseball here a bit of tennis here like we all seem to grow up and just play like a heap of different sports mm-hmm. and like they all seem to just cross over and we don't really you know put all our eggs in one basket really early on because we really just play for fun yeah like it's just something to do yeah my experiences of playing the same i played five to six sports when i was younger um and and we call that sampling for i think in australia we're big on sampling different sports Mm -hmm. where i know you guys both played other sports in high school yeah how much do you think do you think that ever took away from your baseball or do you think that added another level to your athleticism that underpins you, what you are good at right now? I would say it didn't take... I mean, I think... I, I would assume that you were probably the same way. Like, everyone... I would say a lot of people play multiple sports, like maybe two or three, not like five or six, but two or three sports in high school. Um, but everyone deep down knows the one that they like. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if, if... I For example, like, I played basketball and football too, but, like... If I had baseball practice or a game or something the same day that I had like practice for football or basketball, like I'm going to baseball like every yeah, time. It's exactly. I think everyone has that one sport that they're like they just like better than the other ones. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly it. Like I I played uh, basketball, football, and baseball my entire life, all the way from middle school through senior year of high school. So like I did play those sports, but like like Kari said, like I knew like baseball was what I was gonna do. I knew that at an early age, like when I was a freshman and going out for the summers. Like, I knew that baseball was going to be it. So when, you know, fall baseball came around and we had, you know, football practice and, and, and you know, in the winter it's basketball, you know, I, you know, I'd skip out on, you know, I say skip out, but I was still a team guy, of course. But, I, I you know, I would, I would choose baseball 
um, in a in a lower like intensity because it wouldn't be in season. But I knew baseball and was more important than playing yeah. basketball. Like you know, like maybe we're playing like a like a like a game or a tournament in high school basketball wise. But I had a, a workout for baseball. Like like if you were like people would be like, okay, well, the game sounds more important, but now the workout for baseball is more Because you know that's where you're right. going to go exactly. further in yet. It, it's crazy that you guys played that many sports growing up because we, I mean, like you said, I think the the typical thing is like like football, ba- basketball, baseball, because football is in the fall, basketball is in the winter, yeah, and really baseball is like spring, summer. Like if you play those three sports, you don't have any time off from sports, really. There's like maybe one month out of the year where you're not playing sport. Yeah. So I that's why. Ours overlap like yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like I knew, well, I was lucky enough it was winter baseball in Newcastle. Yeah. So I could play, but I knew if I wanted to go play in Sydney, it was going to take away from my cricket. Yeah. Because cricket's a summertime sport here. Like, I knew I couldn't do that. So I, was I didn't like, know you're a cricket player. Yeah, big time. So that was like my, if we're going to say what your main goal was. Like, I used to, you know, play cricket since I was, like, six years old and back playing minor cricket. And, like, you'd watch the TV here in Australia. Like, I would, realistically, I'd want to be a cricket player if you asked me back when I was 11 years old. I didn't really, I didn't play my first baseball game until I was 11. But, like, I grew up in a baseball family, though. Like, I always knew the game and stuff. But yeah. For us, it's sort of, yeah. whatever your winter sport is here. So, usually, footy, but was yours only, did you play footy or do you play well, rugby? Baseball was, like, my winner. Oh, winner, yeah. It was also, like, yeah, and in summer it's here it's cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I think uh it's I mean, the US we don't I don't know what the weather's like here in your guys' winter and stuff, but like right now at home for me it's it's probably snowing right now. So like you can't do anything outside. So yeah. it's like everyone just plays like a lot of people basketball is very common because everyone's just like I mean, what what else are we gonna do? If you're athletic and like you just like to be active, like you have to play basketball. There's nothing else in the winter. Like, right. that's it. Yeah. Or wrestling. It's like basketball or wrestling. And wrestling is, like, it's tough. Yeah. Um, we'll start with you guys first. Just um, give us an overview of what your ABL experience has been like so far and how does it feel to you guys to be potentially part of a Claxton winning team? I think it's great. Um, I think one of the biggest things which I didn't really expect coming down here. So I'll go through my goal to come down here was that I needed more reps to like, again, what I was saying, just to get more experience about myself. Um, Cause I didn't have a great year uh, over in the States. So I just wanted to come go somewhere where I could get more reps and here seemed like the perfect place, especially with tank and, Rickson and all of our Phillies players with the partnership and everything. So um, I was lucky enough to come down here. But I think one of the th- like the thing that I've gained from the ABL is kind of figuring out how to play baseball. How like how much how much fun it is to play baseball again. Like it's so much more team oriented here than it is in the minor leagues um, because the minor leagues. It's like as we talked about earlier. It's like yeah, we're all on a team. We're all friends. Like everyone's playing for, like playing with each other and stuff. But at the end of the day, like you ask their goal, his goal, his goal, my goal. Like we want to make the big leagues. We don't like if we win a championship in the minor in our minor league division or whatever. Cool, great. Like that's cool. But like we want to make the big leagues. But here, this is the highest level in this country. We're playing the highest level of baseball. There's nowhere for us to go. The only goal we have in mind is to win, and that is like. 
It's it teaches you how to play baseball in like in a fun way again, in a winning manner. Yeah, you almost don't have to. You don't have to worry about individual stats. Yeah, or... you don't have to worry about. Uh, you don't have to worry about coaches or anybody critiquing you. It's like you go out there and you do what you can to win. And I'm not saying that's how we don't we don't play like that in the U.S. because everyone plays a little differently. But like, it's just much easier in this setting to play like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that I had kind of like three like main like focuses when I, I had the opportunity to come out here. Um, one, the first one was I needed like some sort of break, like Kari was said, away from like, just like that beaming light of just nine months straight of baseball. Like, like coming out here, like having fun again, playing baseball. It's, it's what it is like coming to a new place that I've never been before that only, we only hear good things about Australia and America too, by the way. Like it's only, it just sounds like a great place and it's been that the entire time here. So it's like, it's, it's that having fun again, playing baseball. Um, like, again, like Kari said, like back home, I'm from Boston and it's snowing, it's freezing. So yeah. my two choices were, yeah, my working inside or come to Australia, play some baseball, have almost like a second summer and you know get get my work in there so it's kind of like a you know like a spring training before spring training like yeah my position right now uh with the dodgers is i finished in double a last year and i need to have a good year this year so that's got to start in spring training i don't really feel like i have the luxury to get my you know you know get the ball rolling like slowly in spring training this year i'd like to like really come in and make an immediate impact so like coming out this was like a perfect opportunity for me to play and I'm fortunate enough to be on a really good team that's about to win a championship. Like, I didn't really know how good the team was. They called me, asked me if I wanted to play, and I said, yeah, before I could even look at, you know, standings, rosters, anything like that. It, that, that part didn't really matter to me. Yeah. Um, and then I think the third um, third is just, like, being, like I said, like, um, I didn't know how good the team was, but now that I do, being in a position to win – that's kind of how Just you play that baseball, yeah. right? Like you want to play baseball, like Kari said. Like, yeah, like our our goal is to make the big leagues. In the minor leagues, it's like you're grinding for nine months. You're not grinding for nine months to win a minor league championship. Like you're grinding for nine months to get better, move up, improve. You know, feel better about your game, prove yourself. But here, like this is you can feel it in like in the air when you go to the park. Like everybody, this is what everybody wants. They want to win. The fans want to win. The staff wants to win. The ownership wants to win. Everybody wants to win so badly. It's not really like that in the minor leagues. Like, it is a little bit because they want to sell tickets, but like, it's more than just tickets here. You know, I was like, it's it's pride. It's greater sense of camaraderie. Camaraderie, yeah, yeah for it's, sure. It's it's easy for us to see that too. Like you said, it, it is it is in the air at the park because it's like we're around a ton of guys that are a ton of Australians that some of which don't get to play in the minor leagues or indie ball over in the States or like, this is their, this is it for them. Like this is their life. They played their whole entire lives to make it to the ABL. And that's like, I, I, at least for me, I see that and I'm like, like, holy, like I, I want to do this too. Like I want, I want to help these guys like fulfill something that they've been, that they've wanted to do their whole lives. Like it, it means, it just means that much to them. Yeah. And, and it's like cool what, to see that. That's when that fun that you said yeah. comes naturally. Like it just, 
now now everyone's kind of on board like the camaraderie like you said it's in the air you feel it and all of a sudden bam, baseball's fun like, yeah that's what i remember it like as a kid like, exactly kid, right, right. all you want to do is win yeah like, that's yeah it was that's how that's how really it was like up until college or till like the end of college for me like in college we wanted to win but then like it's just tough in the minor leagues to keep focus on winning all the time, especially when, like I said, I mean, we've all dealt with, we've all three of us have dealt with struggles in the minor leagues. Like it's, it's tough. You lose sight of it very fast. Yeah. And like I said, that's one of the things that coming down here helps you like learn, just learn about yourself and like what you need to do to keep, keep that in sight, keep a winning mentality in sight and um, stuff like that. So. Yeah. And Rickson, this is your fifth year in the IBL. Yeah, something like that. And you've been a been part of five times. Yeah. You've been a runner up twice now. I uh, know this is uh, only happened once. Once. Yeah. So uh, obviously, this season must must be feeling pretty big for you. Like how how much does this mean to you to go out this weekend and hopefully win your first Claxton? I mean, like the opportunity to win, obviously, like. These guys, it's their first time out here, but like, I've been, you know, following ABL for a long time now. Like, obviously, you're here in Australia, you play baseball, you kind of know what it is. And like, the opportunity that Adelaide gave me to come over here and start my first year back in like 2019, we came over and I was one of the young kids. Like, our starting lineup was 21 years old on average. And we were tipped to come last that year and we just had a magical run. And I'd say that that year, 2019, was the most fun I've ever had in my life, that three months, right? And we got all the way to the championship and we fell short. And I, I still remember it to this day, like how much that really hurts. Yeah. And like, because we were all so close as a group and like we were just young, naive kids that we didn't really understand. But this year, the team that obviously ownership and Davos put together, like, it's more of a well-rounded group. Like, we have some older guys now. We have some guys who know what winning's actually like. And I think the position that we've put ourselves in to hopefully go out and break the strap that's been going since 1980. Like, the people of Adelaide really want it. And, like, to see guys, like, on our team that have never had that glory either, like, I need it. Like, I really yeah. want it, man. Like, it's it's been something that, I really care about like as they said the minor leagues and stuff like it's baseball over there is different like it's, it just is like there's agendas and politics in America that we all know happens and like there's nothing we can do to change that but, like here it is genuinely just the pure passion of baseball and like winning is everything here and like the opportunity to do that this weekend especially the chance to win at home I think there's nothing more that we can ask for. Yeah, nothing would be sweeter. Nothing would be better. Uh, we'll go through and just go, just through some individual questions as well. So, Jay, I'll start with you. Um, what brought you to be becoming a catcher, and what qualities of yours thinks what, what qualities of yours makes you a good catcher? Um, I think that they they go hand in hand, both of them. Like, um, so pretty much I come from a family of catchers. My yeah, yeah, family's my, catches. My grandfather, uh, played minor league baseball for like 10, 11 years, something like that. He caught in AAA for like five or six years. The Red Sox, he played with the Indians for a while. Uh, my uncle, uh, my dad's br uh, brother, um, he caught at South Florida. Um, and then 
uh, UMass, which is a D1 in, in America. And then my father uh, would have been a catcher had he not been left-handed. So he was a left-handed pitcher. He was drafted twice. And he, he uh, had some rotator cuff issues, never really got a chance to play. But I come from a family of catchers. So me coming from a family of catchers or even just a baseball family in general, I really understood the game like from a really, really young age. Um, when I was uh, five or six years old, I was playing with nine, ten-year-olds, like you know, always playing up at every level all the way through high school. So my just understanding of the game, I think, is what makes me – um, the catcher that I am, and that's I think one of the the main things that I can bring to the table for a team, and especially a winning team too. Like, you know, you it, you can only bring so much with that kind of profile to a team who doesn't really want to win, right? Like to a, to a team who doesn't really want to get better, you know, who doesn't really want to put it all on the line. But when you get when you get a group of guys who really really care about winning and playing well and improving that's where I feel like I can help as a catcher the most, especially talking more about like the pitching staff and, you know, having these intellectual conversations about like, you know, decision-making, like um, even just like, I don't really get into mechanic stuff because I think that everyone has different mechanics and that's not my job. I'm not a pitching coach. I'm, I'm a catcher, but I can still point out things and I've already earned enough trust to where, you know, if I see something that people will, not necessarily listen to listen to me and do what I say, but listen to what I have to say. And that's all I care about is, is just having that kind of intellectual conversation. And I think that being able to game manage and, and game plan and things like that, um, or it's probably one of my, my strong suits as a catcher. So that's, that's, that's how I got into yeah, catching. Just you enjoy part of the game being out of almost being another coach on the field. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just know that like, like games are won that way for sure. Like games are won with, with good game planning and good, you know, decision-making and, and, you know, um, just, just being in the right positions and making the right plays. Like that's, that's how games are won. It's not who's better and who's worse. Like if you look at a three game series, like look at this weekend that we got coming up, like it's not really about who's better on, on paper anymore. Like, what, who's better on paper is probably a toss-up. We're both really good teams for sure, but like it's a, it's gonna be it's gonna come out who's gonna execute, yeah. who's gonna be, you know, who's gonna make less mistakes, who's gonna capitalize on other teams' mistakes. Like that's what winning's about, especially in a short three-game set. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I became a catcher. Though I was just kind of born into it. Sweet. And Kari, you you're pretty incredible athlete, like. Yeah, AOC's fastest man, Adelaide Giants' fastest man. Sorry, Pardo. <laughs> um, how do you think that helps you in the outfield be the player that you are? Um, well, it's actually funny because I didn't start playing outfield until my sophomore year of college. I was an infielder. Um, I was pretty bad. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. I was okay. Uh, I really just played shortstop because I had a really good, I had a good arm, um, but I – wasn't very good at fielding the ball. But anyways, I got moved to the outfield, so was fairly new to it. And I think, like, just being athletic and fast helped me um, in the outfield, especially when I first started because, like, I wasn't – I just wasn't – I hadn't played outfield my entire life. And it seems like it's, like, super easy, and it, it can be very easy, like, a lot of the time. But there are a lot of balls that, like, in gaps and stuff where – just from experience and practicing like during BP getting good reads on um, is just like, that's when you start getting better. And 
I think my speed in the beginning helped me a lot because I wasn't very good at reading fly balls or line drives or anything like that. And then that just comes with experience. So, and then when you put them both together, it just it helps out a lot. Yeah, and that's helped you. It made some pretty incredible plays this season. There's been some you got a pretty good highlight reel in the ABL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rickson, obviously you're known as being a sort of big hitting sort of guy. What what makes you a good hitter, and what do you think are your best qualities when you're up to bat? I mean, like when it comes to hitting, like at the end of the day, it's mainly just approach. Like it's about where your head's at. You know, <clears throat> the pitcher understanding what he's going to try to do to get me out, but also knowing what my strength is. And like uh, most of the time, it's trying to make sure that I'm not just a one-dimensional hitter. Like I'm not not just trying to be the guy who just pulled backside, like sorry, pull side homers, like the whole time. I want to make sure I can, you know, the more I try and go further up through the minor leagues, I try and understand that I need to lower the K rate and like cut down on the swing and miss and become more of a complete hitter, use the whole field. And like the more I've started to understand that, and during this ABL, like I've definitely worked on a few more things and cut down my swing and miss a lot more. And it's just about, you know, trying to become that complete hitter to give myself the, like, most like, chances of being successful. Like, yeah, you can't just be, yeah. you don't want to be a one-dimensional guy up yeah, there. Like, I know, like, my size, like, by, when I put the barrel on the ball, like, even if I don't absolutely flush it, I still catch it. And it's still, like, low 90s, like, that's, that's still a chance of getting a hit. So the more I can put the bat to ball, the more chance I have of being successful and driving runs and extra base hits. Sweet. We'll finish with a quick speed round. So favourite player ever? Barry Bonds. Bryce Harper. And Barry Bonds. Favourite player right now? JT Romero. Bryce Harper. I'll go Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Folder scrunch. What's that again? What's that? Mean? Folder scrunch. Yeah, you're Australian. You should know that, mate. No, I didn't. Toilet oh, yeah. paper. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> scrunch. I thought we were still in baseball. Oh, no, uh, honestly, it depends for me. Like, I'm it, a it, it depends how like how like intellectual I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling like really good and smart, like I'm folding it up. Like, well, you're telling like, people to scrunch it up. I've I've scrunched it up. Before. I've never scrunched it up in my life. But if you if you scrunch, then you you it's you definitely got to use more just in case. Like, I've never ever considered scrunching. I think <laughs> folding is more precise. So, just baby wipes. I mean, not just baby wipes, but that's like prime. Like I mean, baby wipes are great. Yeah. yeah. I've never not folded. Never knew scrunching was a thing. That's the thing, man. You never been asked that before. Fold scrunch. <laughs> never knew it was like when they're like a public place, like. I don't care how much toilet people toilet paper I use, I scrunch it up, man. You know, that's but like oh no. When I mean like me. it's like a big ball. Like. No, that rattles me. It doesn't <laughs> nah. Hybrid. Sorry. Favorite fast food. Here or in America, which one? Over not even fast food here. What do you mean? KFC over here. Come on. Chipotle. I'll go uh Chick-fil-A. KFC here, Chick-fil-A in America. You put KFC up there with Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I'll, I'll take a Zinger Box. KFC is great. Zinger Box is my favorite fast food of all time. American KFC or Australian KFC? Australian. Australian, Australian American KFC. Yeah, American KFC sucks. Yeah. And karaoke song. Uh, 
Um, Tennessee whiskey. Country roads. <laughs> West Virginia. I'm gonna be. Uh, are you gonna be my girl? My jet. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for coming in for a chat. Right. Thanks, and guys. Best of luck for the weekend. Hey, okay. no